Hi, I'm James Brooks, and welcome to From the Factory Floor, a conversational podcast about all things startup and tech, brought to you by the folks at startupfactory.tech. And welcome back to another episode of From the Factory Floor. Uh, I'm back, but uh, I've still got my uh, co-host who <laughs> happily filled in for me last week uh, alongside Ian. Hi, Nairi. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, after my uh, Hi, break, Iris. which yeah. I'm still upset that Ian said he doesn't get a word in Edgeways, which <laughs> is surprising. But um very happily joined today by Jess from Pretura. Hi, Jess. Hello. So, obviously, we've uh, had a bit of a chat beforehand and we're there's a lot going on at the moment, especially in the Northwest, as regards to accelerator programs and incubators and really something that startups are starting to look at more and more. So obviously that's going to be the topic of today's podcast. But uh, before we get into that, Jess, I don't know if you want to just give the folks out there a quick introduction. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so hello, everybody. Um, I'm Jess Jackson. Delighted to be with you today. Um, I'm one of the investment managers at Praetor Ventures. We are preeminent VC in the north and we predominantly support northern businesses with over two-thirds of our portfolio being based in the north and uh, we focus on health and tech um, both through our EIS fund and the Greater Manchester and Cheshire Life Sciences Fund 2 or or snappily referred to as GMC2 internally. (laughs) Um, So yeah I've got a, a reasonably long background now working with early stage businesses and and that is a a broad definition, as I'm sure everyone who listens is aware. So pretty, pretty much pre-seed um, and seed stage companies with those very early stage tickets. Amazing. It's, you know, obviously you guys, and you know, obviously we know Ben and David as well, and they've uh, very kindly joined us on previous episodes and the work. I'll try, you... and, live up. I'll try and live up to that. <laughs> <standard. laughs> yeah, they, they did set a high bar. So, I mean, like I said earlier in the uh, opening, Today, we want to really talk about uh, accelerator programs and incubators. Because obviously, around the world, everyone everyone's heard of Y Combinator, but even in the Northwest, uh, we've recently had uh, Baltic Ventures have just launched their program. We've looked at the exchange programs running Manchester and expanding its boundaries to sort of the rest of the Northwest. So, also looking at more from the VC side of things, what is it that you guys look for in, in startups you've been on accelerators or what's your expectations before just before we go into that actually James can we just talk about what an accelerator is that's probably worth doing <laughs> because actually. I think yeah. even this one is the difference between an accelerator and an incubator so sure you know, just yeah, absolutely I was about to dive into a definition <laughs> first very seamlessly so yeah we've, we've got it uh, between us um yeah so essentially uh, you know, incubators and accelerators, there's not much between them, but I will sort of um, Mm -hmm. sort of outline why they've got the two terms. I mean, if you think of, um, think of baby chicks, you know, your incubator, you're not quite ready to let them out into the the harsh reality of the world just yet. So these tend to be for businesses that are, you know, in in product development, they're still incredibly early. Maybe, Maybe they're building their MVP. They've not quite figured out how to commercialize it yet you know the i first encountered incubators associated with um, manchester university um so it was then the umi3 uh you guys um and um yeah you know that there are others there are corporate incubators which might be for sort of um internal entrepreneurship talent for example sort of giving them that safe space to ideate basically 
Um, accelerator is more for businesses that have been established, you know, they're out there and they're trading. Um, I will probably use accelerators to refer to the to the whole, yeah. you know, the whole group, because essentially the goal of them is to accelerate a business and it can apply to, you know, lots of different sectors, lots of different stage of company, but it's helping them to kind of work through the variety of challenges that a business can face. Uh, predominantly that might be fundraising, um, but often than not, we see ones that, you know, might be around international expansion, for example. So, you know, they tend to be quite broad in, in scope, but generally it's structured around fundraising. Well, thank you. And from, um, obviously you've talked about being on that, they've probably got an MVP and they're, they're starting to trade. I always think if I was a founder, I'd be bamboozled by the amount of accelerators that are out there and, and when to apply and how to kind of, uh, how much effort should you put in that versus fundraising versus the the business? Is there a right time for an early stage founder to be thinking about applying for an accelerator? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, quite fortuitously, I was I was literally having a conversation like this with a founder that's about to join our portfolio at Praetora. Um, yesterday, um, he'd been along to an interview for, for an accelerator in Manchester um, and was sort of asking me, you know, what my, my views were, were on it. And I think, you know, generally speaking, I think the earlier your business is, the probably the most value you can get out of accelerators. You know, there's generally that relationship. So, um, you know, that that's assuming, and, and this is quite broad brush assumptions yeah. here, but, you know, you probably you as in founders listening to this you know you might never have run a business before and you don't know what you don't know um you might never have had to hire people before you might have managed people in different roles you know in different um roles that you had prior to becoming an entrepreneur but um you might never have had to hire people for example you might not have ever thought about pr you might never have thought about fundraising you might not even know what fundraising is Um, and, and and that's all okay um, but, you know, where, are, where is the best place to kind of go off and, and learn about these things? You know, do you go out there into the wild and make every mistake possible? Well, sure, you can. And a lot of people have. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you can, uh, here we go, accelerate, you know, through that process by um, having kind of structured um, modules of learning, uh, coaching, and mentorship, not just from people who've been there and done it, but that peer-to-peer mentoring is is something that often gets cited as one of the more valuable things of accelerators. So the conversation that I was having with this founder is, you know, this particular accelerator tends to be very good for this sort of profile of company. They might not have thought about raising investment before. They might not know what a pitch deck is. Um, this is a business that does know how to do that. You know, they're about to close their round with us. Um, so my, my kind of advice to him was, well, have a think about it, but how valuable is this going to be for you? Uh, You know, they are time commitments, um, which I think you were kind of hinting at there in terms of how do you kind of divide your attention between, between raising and, and spending, spending time in accelerators. Um, you know, it's, it's really important to think where am I as a business? Um, what's the typical profile of company that this accelerator tends to look for or have the most success with and do they align um, and I think another thing that I sort of highlight I would like to highlight to founders to think about is when you look at you know all of the different accelerators that are out there ask yourself you know who's running it 
and, and why does it exist? So that can go a long way to helping you realize what, what could be valuable about it, but whether it's kind of the right, the right thing for you. So it could exist because it's part of a corporate, you know, corporate innovation scheme. Mm-hmm. And actually you've got really well aligned, um, you know, really well aligned sector and strategic objectives. And, and actually in being on that accelerator, you could get exposure to fantastic mentors, potentially, you know, sales pipeline leads, talent, um, advocacy from people who were, you know, movers and shakers in your world. You know, other accelerators are run by banks. So, you know, very cynically, one could see that as being part of their, you know, their business development pipeline, which again is fine, but really think about what it is, what's the structure of of that accelerator. Um, So, yeah, often if you know, you know, who's running it, it will go a long way to yeah. asking why it exists, but that doesn't mean it can't be useful. Yeah, and like, and like you said, <laughs> like you said, I think the community aspect, because as much as you can get access to great mentors and people who are really going to give you the advice, especially, you know, we've seen a lot with solo founders yeah. who having that almost the community feel like we have it in our office on a Wednesday when our founders tend to come in and work from our office, just, the amount of times they're bouncing ideas off each other and actually, well, actually I wouldn't do that. This yeah. is why and this is what I experienced on my journey as a founder. Um, you know, even we've had founders come in and purposely talk to each other because, you know, there might even be opportunities there between the startups, especially like say if you're at a bank, you know, you might expect there's a fair more fintechs and if actually there might be some cross-pollination you can do. And um, we're even speaking to uh, an accelerator in Lancaster and they do resource sharing between companies. Mm-hmm. So if you can't afford a CTO, yeah. maybe you can borrow one of someone for an hour because you've been, or an hour or two. And it's I think that community field really is something that probably should actually get played up more. I think with a lot. Yeah, of I agree. Yeah, I suppose it depends, doesn't it? Because you you want to surround yourself with people that have a similar mentality as well. And I I totally get your point. Like I'm, I'm not surprised, but I suppose it's interesting to think that somebody that's about that could, that could close their funding round would still apply for an accelerator. And I think one of the things I was I was going to ask you really is what else might people want to get out of it, um, particularly if they've had that successful funding round. You sort of think that usually is the next stage for them to kick on for their for their business. Is there a place for people to join accelerators when they're not looking to fundraise? Yeah, I mean, you can sort of look at this in a number of ways. And again, it, I'd just sort of refer back to previous answer in terms of, you know, why has that accelerator been been set up? You know, so some some accelerators might be really happy to have a blend of, you know, I'm going to use air quotes here that the audio listeners won't be able to hear, to see, but, um, you know, more mature businesses, you know, that um, can sort of be a shining example in a cohort, for example, but is that helpful for the for that business in particular not sure um but you know i think just because you've closed your funding it it doesn't mean you're the finished article as a founder right so you're always raising um even when you think you're not and and that's something that you need to just kind of like get drilled into early so you know it is about constantly you know building that pipeline of, of of investors um, you know, who can mentor you through the next stage of your business. I, I often say to founders, you know, there'll be a load of people around you who've been incredibly helpful, but then, you know, in a few months, you've, you've probably outgrown them. 
you know, in terms of that broader value that they could bring to your business. And, and that's okay. That's just part of, of, of the growth side. So, you know, having always broadening your network, always going and meeting, you know, new investors and, and, and working on whatever the next set of challenges are that that business has got. So yeah, it, it could be fundraising. And then once you've closed it, it's probably going to be, uh, you know, in, international expansion, for example. So, you know, the challenges always change and there are different, um, different accelerators that can help different yeah. solve different challenges um, and we've already touched on it but you know having that peer network is really important it's it's good having you know a network of people you can call to you know to ask ask for help who who don't actually have a stake in it and the, you know they've probably been through the same struggles as you um and and you know yeah that they're coming at it from a different a different point of view that an investor will come at it from. yeah well thank you um one of the things i was um really interested to ask um and it came out of a conversation that was in a round table at climb 23 actually there was a, a female founder had been on an accelerator wasn't i don't think it was even in the north actually she'd been on an accelerator for female founders and she said that she'd had a comment from somebody to say i wouldn't something like i wouldn't share that with the investors that they won't want to they won't sort of respect that kind of thing and she asked some investors in the room um if that was uh, if that was the case do investors kind of look at accelerators and judge it oh that's a great one they must be great let's move them you know accelerate them ironically through the funding process or we're just going to disregard them because they've been on a rubbish accelerator i suppose a bit like how people used to be with universities perhaps and um, i just wanted to get your I, I probably know what you're going to say but i'd really like to get your view on it in terms of how investors view the role of accelerators when they're kind of assessing a founder yeah it, it's a really good question actually and and i've kind of got a few different views it's kind of like it it, it depends and then some asterisks but <laughs> you know firstly like and, and i'm only answering this from from my point of view so I would never like look at a business that chose to include, you know, accelerators that it, it had been on and rule out that business from my pipeline because it had been on one that I didn't think was very good. Um, mm -hmm. Because that doesn't necessarily mean the business isn't very good. Um, you know, and, and chances are maybe if I had, a, you know, a, a, um an off the cuff kind of conversation with them, an off record conversation about, you know, did you, did you find that valuable? You know, they might turn around to me and go, you know what, I, we didn't uh, yeah. actually find it particularly valuable. That doesn't mean they're a bad business. Um, and, and like, I guess the, the flip side of that, you know, if there's a good accelerator on there, do I automatically think it's a good business? I mean, maybe, um, but I'm still going to judge it, you know, on its, on its own rights. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there might be a variety of reasons that that business got onto that accelerator. Um, let's just leave it there, I guess. But I, I think generally, like, because I invest in life sciences businesses, so you will see a lot of kind of, um, sometimes you'll sort of see what we, a slide that's a bit of a logo vomit. So it, it can just be really difficult for investors to see the wood for the trees. So why are you showing me this logo? Um, and, and, and I often find it's something that early stage businesses used to do where it's like, let's just chuck up a load of logos of people that we've had, you know, maybe we've been on an accelerator, maybe we got some like uh, government funded 
uh, support, like maybe from like a growth company program or from like the Science and Technology Funding Council or from, from Innovate UK, which is probably a really pertinent mm. example to talk about as well. Um, along with like maybe a, a slew of like university logos and random companies like what do you want me to take away from that um, like and, and, I, and I would generally say that about pretty much anything that you include in a deck is what do you want me to take away from this and I think yeah with, with that kind of example it's like are you trying to show me that you have you know a load of customers in your pipeline are you just trying to show me that you're incredibly well connected um, or were you just struggling to fill space in, in your deck and you're, you're actually quite, you know, you're quite early in your journey. You've not perhaps made a lot of traction and you, you're trying to make it to be more than it is, yeah. um, which is, which is something that I do see a bit. So I don't necessarily see, you know, engagement with accelerators as a bad thing. Certainly not. Um, I think with anything it's as a founder, do you have the ability to kind of really get to the point? and drill down to what is going to be valuable for my business what is going to be valuable a valuable way to spend my time and to help me to achieve the objectives that i've got and if you can stand there and say i did this accelerator and this was really useful because i achieved x and i did this accelerator because it really helped me to build contacts you know in uh, in australia or in, yeah. in in a certain sector so you know it's more about how the founder can communicate that value um, rather than just say, here, look, here's loads of stuff that I basically wasted time on and I did it for free office space, which again, is also fine. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest about why you were there. Yeah, I think that's a good, it's a good point. A good takeaway for some founders is when you are going to look at where you're applying to, like you say, be very clear on what you want to get out of it in the first place. You know, are you, are you doing it because you want a free desk and just somewhere to sit for a couple of months? Or is it you're looking, you know, I'm not really trying to get the mentorship here. I'm genuinely looking for expanding my my black book of contacts or I'm trying to do this to, for the peer networks. I believe there's a couple of in, yeah. interesting companies. I think being very clear on what you want to get out of your incubator experience and it can be very incubator to incubator depending which one you're on and when you go on them in your various stages. But being clear on that rather than just vomiting, like you say, you know, I'm trying to fill a slide yeah. with and, and, you know, just, just another point that's occurred to me, um, you know, when you're in the early stage space and you are quite, you know, out there in the network and you get to meet a lot of businesses, um, you do get to notice the companies that rattle around all of the accelerators. Um, and that's not a bad thing, again, seeing them in two places. But, you know, when they've been, you might have seen them two years ago on such a, such a body accelerator, then they're popping up two years ago. You know, my mind is going, well, what have they been doing in that yeah. time? And, and if they're still showing me the same pitch in two years, it's like, okay, you know, <laughs> there's probably a, a, a bigger issue going on there. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because I think probably some founders feel like, that's the natural path that they have to take, develop the MVP, apply for an accelerator, go on an accelerator, get funding, and then it stops. And I think one of the things that's really interesting today, actually, is that you, what you said about thinking strategically about your accelerator application process in the way that you do with your, your funding process. You know, yeah, who exactly. do you, what do you want to fundraise for and, and who from? Um, and you don't actually need to go on an accelerator because there might be a better a better way of, of doing it. Um, I think that's 
Oh, so interesting. The only other thing I, I just wanted to ask you, and it is a bit of a, a really open-ended question, was was there is there anything else investors look for in terms of kind of participating or anything else that sort of stands out favourably um, with early stage founders when they're putting their, those applications in? So you mentioned things like Innovate UK and some of that sort of credibility, but it has to show the, the so what factor. Anything else you wanted to highlight, really? Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, if, if you've got, it's good if you can get on accelerators that have got like, if, if they do actually give you funding as well through them, like they're always great. Um, uh, I think, you know, it de- generally implies it was a bit more of a competitive uh, process. And obviously, we've all heard from Baltic how crazy, um, you know, their program's been. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of see uh, what companies, uh, you know, go on to that program. And, and I'm sure they'll all be, you know, really interesting and, and certainly ones to watch. Um, I think, like, there is... Uh, this is probably coming at the question from a slightly different perspective, but, you know, having kind of built quite a strong network in the early stage space and, you know, pe- when people kind of move around and, you know, they reach out to me and they say, hey, I'm, I'm running such and such an accelerator now, um, you know, could you do- join the the pitch day or the showcase days? Um, you know, some something that I would definitely advise inv- uh, founders to look out for is um, accelerators that do have, you know, some kind of, showcase element within it because it's a uh, you know it's a really great way to kind of challenge yourself and like pitch to investors yeah. so you know yesterday I went to um to NatWest um to their un- entrepreneurship program and uh, was on their early pitches panel um you know a lot of those founders were only pitching for the first time um, yeah. so you know that that's quite interesting you know versus kind of a more uh, later stage kind of um, accelerator whereby they've been through some you know really grueling kind of um uh workshops uh you know and mentorship like the tech nation programs for example and you know they were like excellent quality so like you know investors aren't necessarily shy about getting involved when it's not the finished polished yeah. um but i would just say be be choosy about you know those opportunities and choose your moment make sure you are practicing your pitch something that i will always bang on about and, and you're doing that in a safe environment you know just to your peers to mentors before you're just sort of firing your deck out into the wild you know use your mentors in your accelerators to guide you you know like be honest with me be brutal with me am i ready should i be sharing this because i bet you the mentor will be honest if you're not um, yeah. but yeah like i think some of them are very, very good at engaging externally and they hire very well-networked people to run them. Yeah, yeah. And that can only be an advantage to to founders and, uh, you know, in terms of getting value from that programme. Brilliant. And I know Pretora are really generous with the time with some of the accelerators that you support um, up in the Northwest. So I'm sure you're all equally brutal with the founders when they, uh, when they apply. So, and it is good. Like a lot of our founders are so early stage they've never pitched before and we have to push them into some of those days before they're ready because at the point that they're ready you need them to be more polished um it's not everybody's comfort zone is it um pitching and again if the accelerator gives you that sort of safe space to do that in front of credible people that are going to give you that feedback then 
Um, obviously, that, that's amazing. Thanks so much for sharing all that with us. I, I was um, really interested to hear all your all your views. I'm desperate to ask you uh, to name, but I won't, the ones that you think are good and the ones that you think are bad. <laughs> but we'll leave people to uh, to try and work that out themselves. And obviously, um, they can always get in touch uh, if they've got any more in the, any more direct questions. Yeah, it's when Jess's inbox now is filled with people know, yeah. right, saying, do you think ours is good? Because ours a good one or a bad one. Don't comment. <laughs> Nobody's allowed to ask, or you'll never come back on the podcast. Will you? <laughs> well, no, thank you very much, Jess. I mean, I think we always tend to try and close these with what's the one piece of feedback, you know, what any of the listeners to this will actually really get out of this. What's the one thing you'd want them to really think about as regards incubators? Yeah, I, I think we've we've kind of mentioned it a couple of times in the course of this conversation, but just being be discriminatory in, in how, where you're spending your time as a founder um, and, you know, getting into those good habits can only serve you well in, in the long run. But yeah, these things can be time consuming and you need to be really ruthless about is this going to, is this, you know, valuable? Is it going to be good cost benefit? um you know analysis on that so just yeah be really ruthless and make sure it's something that you want to be you want to get value out of and yeah be really clear about what that value is what that outcome is yeah thank you 100 percent. might say to all the founders out there do work out what you want to get out of it because you've only got so many so much time and you've got to wear enough hats as it is so really be like like jess said be very discriminatory on your time and you know be clear on what you want to get out of these things No. Thank you very much for joining us, Thank Jess. It's been Jess. an absolute Thank pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Thank uh, you. Hopefully you can uh, join us again in the future. And uh, we won't, again, anyone who is listening, we won't be telling you which ones are good <laughs> and bad ones, even in the second episode, hopefully. so. <laughs> and thank you very much, Nari, for joining me Bye. and covering thank for me you. last week. Thank you. All right. Take care, everybody. No. Thank you very See much. You thank week. you, Jess. And thank you to everyone who listened. Bye. I think that just about wraps things up here. If you have any thoughts or questions on anything we've said today, Get in touch, whether that be through our Twitter at RealTSF or email at hello at startupfactory.tech or feel free to drop in for a coffee and a chat. As ever, thanks for listening.